third round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And the best part is, it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please see DraftKings.com for details. You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCBP. All right, it's another edition of the WCB Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. I don't know why I was talking like this in the intro, but all right, we're here. We're there. Let's go. Let's get it going. <laughs> It's Tuesday, baby. Let's go. It's Tuesday. We're recording late because, you know, we're just lazy. No, we had stuff come up and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, we're here. We got lots to talk about. Um, rumor season, baby. That's right. It's off season for everyone but four teams. Yeah. So, you know, the crazies are coming out. And, yes, I'm saying this now because there is one that we're going to talk about. And I have to. I think you are goddamn mental if you even consider this a possible option for the Blackhawks. Mm. But yeah, so you want to get right into it? Let's get into it. All right. So rumor season's here. The Hawks are being connected with some big time names. Uh the first one being Seth Jones, which I gotta give ourselves a pat on the back. We we pretty much called that package. Yeah. Um I'm I'm definitely saying Connor Murphy's worth a second round pick. Yeah, absolutely. Connor yeah. Murphy or like DeHaan or whatever. Yeah, definitely worth a second round pick. So it came out that the the price for the Hawks to land Seth Jones was going to be the 20 uh, uh, this year's 11th overall pick, Adam Boquist and a second round pick. We said Connor Murphy, Boquist, and I said this year's pick. You said I think last year's or next year's. I No, I said this one. Did we say okay? I think we fell on that one. Okay, but yeah, so pretty damn close to to what we were uh, we were talking about, and I still think that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, it would hopefully come with like, a, like him signed longer term guarantee. Yeah, you know, like not just like one year of Seth Jones and then see you later, like Matt Duchesne style. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Nashville and pluck a guitar and see that would be the only issue with giving the first round pick for this year because it's like if you get said okay next year's first round pick you can be like okay it's a conditional pick if he signs it could be well that's well you can't figure that out 
Because no. it would have to be the before the draft, you'd have to sign. Oh, yeah, that's but, and that's why that's the downside of it being this year's pick. If it was next year's, you can throw that condition on there. True. But then you're also losing Boquist possibly for, for a year of Seth Jones. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, at the time right now, it's like I'd rather give up on Boquist than Mitchell. Yeah. But then you also take a step back and you go, okay, yeah, Boquist is only, like, 20 years old. Mitchell's 22, 20, or 23 or something like that. Like, Boquist has plenty of time to become, like, really, really good still. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like everybody's feelings on Boquist is, has been, like, they thought that he was going to be, or plus me too, like, just thought that he was going to be some sort of offensive dynamo. But then you got to realize, like, he's still only 20. Like, he's not a big fucking guy. Like, he's shown spurts of really good offensive skills, which is great. But everybody is expecting him to be, like, 27-year-old fucking Duncan Keith out here like no that's not that's not it so i don't think though i don't know if the word hate is the right but like the hate or like you know the downs talk that boquist gets is just the immediate like bust bust label it's it's unjust it is completely unjust he the the thing that sorry holy shit um (laughs) problem that he's got going against him is that he was a high he was a top 10 draft pick and yeah, but that's everybody sees all these top ten draft picks like come out and then like they do great like, but it's only like one or two picks, and then everybody else is like, well, I mean, those other eight guys aren't those guys, so they're definitely busts. But it's like they're all still like less than twenty two years old. Like, it's not the NHL is like getting younger, but like a lot of these players still need more time. Like, <laughs> you gotta come. You gotta figure too where they're coming from. Like, what league? You have to look at what league they're coming from. What style of hockey's played in that league? You know, if they're coming from overseas. It's a completely different style than the NHL. Right. And then well, how is he being utilized on the Hawks too? Like there's no way to like get him like sheltered minutes because the team's not great defensively. So you either don't have him out there and only have him out there in like the power play and he doesn't really learn anything, but like, who's he learning from Duncan Keith, who's out there all the time. Right. It's like, you just have him watch him. But And that's the issue too, is like he, I don't think it's fair to Boquist development too, that he's kind of getting his minutes cut down because of Keith, because when anything mm. goes wrong and whenever there's like a nervous moment, the, 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 the default move is Keith, get out there, just eat up minutes, go. Right. And plus like this season wasn't helpful because of how successful they were. Like he wasn't really allowed to make mistakes as much because it's like, Oh, well, we're actually showing success. So like, if you do make a mistake, we're going to bench you Yeah, and, or we're going to sit you, we're going to scratch you. Like we have other guys that'll come out here and help us win. But it's like, that wasn't the point of this season. It wasn't to win. It was to get the young guys ice time. And then there was times where we just didn't do that <laughs> because we were winning. And it's weird to like say winning is the problem with this team. <laughs> you went from uh, let's see what we got in our depth situation to, oh, shit, we're, we're, we're good. We're decent. Yeah. Let's go. Let's uh, pedal to the metal. Let's, let, let's win this shit. And, it, yeah, I think it did hurt. I mean, it's, it worked a lot for like Hagel and – uh, Wyatt and all those guys, like I think they got a lot more experience and I said that they were they would have gotten if this was just a crap team in general, but right. That's yeah. rough. So it's I would I would hate to see like I I'm torn on that. Like I think it's a fair price for Seth Jones with that. I would hate to see Boquist go, but also yeah. getting in Seth Jones, it's like okay, we do got Mitchell, we do got all these other guys in the pipe coming up, kind of thing. It's like it's subtraction. Uh, was it addition by subtraction type of thing? Like, no, 
because you're losing. No, uh, I don't think I don't think we're getting better by losing somebody there. Like that would be that would be like Zach Smith's contract is coming off the books. That's addition by subtraction. Like, <laughs> like uh, we're getting cap space because we're losing that dead I'm cap. <laughs> Sip your beer and just think about this. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I I, I think it would be great. Like having Seth Jones would be good. Apparently, he's coming off. Of, I I. I'm just big on Seth Jones, but I didn't follow him. But I guess he was coming off like a not so great year, which awesome if your trade value is lower. <laughs> like sounds good. I'll still take Seth Jones over any of our defensemen on our team right now. It's so funny when you Google Seth Jones. Oh, the trade situation for Toronto Maple Leafs to land Seth Jones, for Buffalo to land Seth Jones, for blah blah blah. It's like it's so funny that shows how good this guy is that. Everybody's like, okay, how can my team get him? Yeah. And then there's people that are like the haters that are like, no, we should never get Seth Jones. It's like he is immediately better than everybody on our team defensively. He had a down year. So this past season, 56 games played and played the entire season. Um, he's been lucky because I think he was hurt the year before. And like the last two seasons before that, I think he had some injury issues. Um Five goals, 23 assists for 28 points. It was a minus 18. But when you look at the why people are saying that he wasn't looking good, look at the team he was playing on. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can only do so much, you know, like for your, yourself, especially a defenseman. <laughs> like well, the team just like their big guy, like Pierre Luc Dubois, just gave up on the team before this, like in the beginning of the season. Then they traded for Patrick Liney, who's not going to be, he just didn't fit with Tortorella. He's not a, a gritty defensive kind of guy. He's an offensive gamer. And like, I don't know. It's like the team just fell apart this year. Like everybody thought they were going to be the same as last year, but last year was just kind of like they willed themselves into a playoff spot. At a point. And then, and then just like, did the Tortorella thing of just playing great defensively and just got to face Toronto who can't win a playoff series, no matter how short it is. He played 20, his total on ice or time on ice was 25 minutes and 14 seconds for the average for last season. He played almost a half a game average. Yeah, too. And, and that's the thing. If you're going to play almost half the game, you're going to, and your team's not good. Like you're going to end up probably a minus. Yeah. Like they finished below they what did they tie or they finished below Detroit? Yeah, they finished below. I think that they had the same amount of points. Fucking where the hell? There we go. Standings. Yeah, they hide it now because of the playoffs. They finished with the same amount of points. They had the same win percentage. They just Detroit was 19, 27, and 10, and Columbus was 18, 26, and 12. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that Every year he's talked like the last at least the last three years about being in the running for a Norris. Yeah, like you don't get that conversation if you're a, you're a shit defenseman, right? And it's not just like one, a, like one year that he had that kind of talks. Like it's consistent buildup of like he's going to be a Norris defenseman, and then now he has a down year, and everybody's like, "Oh, we don't want him." He finished. In 2017-2018 season, he finished fourth in the Norris voting. Yeah, we should uh, get a guy like that. That's That means he's, he's doing, good. And he's doing that when he's not a point guy. Like, yeah, he had 57 points there where he finished fourth. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, the way, like how we talk about how it's, it's going. Well, that team also had like Panarin. And right. But, and- yeah, but you're talking about, you're talking about the Norris or that's essentially going to offensive defenseman now and yeah. still getting talks about that when not putting up like huge offensive numbers. I mean, that says something about what kind of defenseman he really is. Right. If he has the t- that team to work with. So, I mean, I, I think that's the best option, honestly. I think he would be the if going out of out of the team, you know, not re-signing somebody, I think he'll be the most affordable. Um, I think that he's the best option that we got. I you know the next guy that's on the list of rumors is that the Hawks are gonna go after Dougie Hamilton. But I think I was I don't know if I was reading it somewhere or like it's what he was asking or what the what they're expecting, but it's starting at $8 million per, for cap hit per year. And then essentially after that, it's like, that's the starting bid and he's just going to go to the highest bidder. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to overpay for Dougie Hamilton. Cause he, I don't know. Everything always tells me that he's just more of like an offensive defenseman guy. And which we don't need that. Like, no, I just would rather not. I would like, we need more of a Seth Jones type defenseman. He, in 55 games, he put up 10 goals, 32 assists, 42 points. He was a plus 20, but he's also on Carolina, who was a beast of a team in the regular season. Yeah. Um, he only, he averaged 22 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time. Also, I don't want to end up having like a Dougie Hamilton that's like demanded trades out of places already. Like you get him, you sign him to this deal and then you like, what? You got to fucking move him in two, three years because he, he wants to fucking just like not play dude look at this it's three years in boston three years in calgary three years in carolina if he doesn't resign in carolina he trips in threes what do you yeah. do? And in long term stan bowman's gonna give him a no trade clause so it's gonna be some stupid contract that we can't move yeah like that's, that's how he's gonna in, that's how he would entice anybody is just like a no movement no trade whatever to, to get the deal done I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great defense. I think he's a great player. Um, if your team needs an offensive defenseman, I think he's a great option. I personally just don't think he's a fit for the Hawks. Right. I just, yeah, I'm on the same thing. Like, I just personally would rather have a Seth Jones over a Dougie Hamilton, especially long term, just because Seth Jones is only 26. He'll be 27 when the season starts. If it starts on like the normal like, October or whatever, he'll be. And Dougie Hamilton will be. Dougie he, just, he just turned 28. Yeah, turned 28 on the 17th. Ooh, I mean, they're close enough in age. It doesn't really matter. A year makes a difference. Yeah. But I would, like, personally, would just rather have the guy that's been in Columbus, like, his whole career so far, and or now besides, like, his start in Nashville, rather than the guy that, like, decides he doesn't want to play for Boston anymore and then – the guy that Calgary decides he 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 doesn't fit in Calgary and like was I it don't know. he didn't want Boston or Boston didn't want him? I think he was he didn't want to stay in Boston. Oh, because I I I could have swore I remember hearing a story too. Like because I at the point it was like is he a, a locker room cancer because yeah he didn't work out in Boston didn't work out in, in Calgary. Yeah, Boston got a first in two seconds. Oh, yeah, that's the 2015 draft. That's hilarious. Zach Senishin. I think their best pick was their, like, 
they're so they had a, a first which was 15th overall which is the guy that I think may be making the team right now. Um, they had a second in Jacob Forsbeck at Carlson, who is not like doing anything. And then they had another second, which was 52nd overall. And that's Jeremy Lozon, who I think is probably the best player of all those three. <laughs> He's actually on the, on like Boston right now. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so Steve, out of the two, give me Seth Jones. Yeah, one hundred. They're gonna if they're gonna be about the same asking price, or just like, I mean, contract. I, don't know. I think I think you can get Seth Jones. I don't think you get him more than eight. I don't think he signs for more than eight. He you might don't think Seth Jones does. Yeah. I mean, give him that Seabrook contract. Because what is he making right now? Like in the fives, right? 5.4. Yeah, I mean. It's good that he had a down year. And, too, what kind of deal is he going to want? Like, is he going to want a long-term? Is he going to do kind of like the pace? Like, some of these players are signing one, two-year deals to kind of, like, get through, like, the, the flat cap. Um, Like, what? That's, like, I mean, that's the hardest thing, too, about this. It's, like, yeah, on paper, grabbing Seth Jones makes sense, but what is he going to resign for? And with the flat cap, it's like, there's just so many on damn questions there. And I mean, another rumor going around since we're talking about defenseman, uh, Zadorov. Yeah. Is looking for what, what was it? 5.8 something. Yeah. Like close to six. I don't know if I would give him that. No. No <laughs> way. Absolutely not. Zadorov is a, like a defensive defenseman that, I mean, <laughs> he's not great enough to be like a $6 million defenseman. And I think that the Hawks should just like, I mean, they can trade his fucking like contract rights, his signing rights. And that's fine with me. Or they can just leave him up for grabs in the expansion draft. Like I think you 1000% expose him. I just, yeah. I just don't think around 6 million. For I don't even care how long. Like I, I think he's more of like a four million dollar defenseman. Yeah, like four, four point five, maybe. It's just it's crazy for how long he's already been in the league. Like it makes sense that he wants to get paid that much. Four hundred eleven. Four hundred eleven games. Yeah, and he's only twenty six. That's insane. He legit like had a, his first full season when he was like twenty. Let's see, 26, 25, 24, 22, 21. Yeah, 20. When he was on Buffalo. I really wish I knew like Corsi and all that kind of stuff. Oh, get the all the advanced stats pulled up. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. A lot of negatives here. I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't know what that means, but it doesn't look good when it's a negative. Think golf, so I know that's not good. Yeah, right. I just I don't know. I don't think he's earned the right to ask for that much. I mean, I understand why he asked for that oh, much. One hundred percent. You mean because he just made three point two the last like two years on one year deals. I just yeah no. I think I I mean it's probably one of those situations that he's asking like. 5.6 or whatever, 5.8, where he'll probably like settle at like 4.8. I 
I'd be okay with that. You know, like you, it's, it's negotiation deal, like negotiation tactics. Like the Hawks come in at four, he comes in close to six. And when, I mean, he has the, I think he's got arbitration, right? So like there could be an arbitration hearing. I just don't like personally see how like an arbitrator would maybe go more in his direction. Like what are his comparables? You know, like big defensemen that have been in the league for six years, but are 26. Like there's that. And then our RFAs, like, I don't, I don't think anyone's really comparable right now. Seth Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Seth Jones is like the only comparable really. He's like six, four. They're both like six, four. So here's the situation too, with the hot. So cap friendly updated their site. So it's now like off season mode. Right now, the Hawks are projected at like six point two million in cap space. That's before all the LTIR stuff too, that, like yeah. Sean Seabrook. No, they're still on injured reserve. Right, that's what I'm saying. Before the LTIR stuff comes off, yeah. So there's twenty. Well, right now because Taze is still on it, there's twenty one point two seven five left or on LTIR at the moment. But in reality, it's an extra like, oh yeah, it's like an extra like ten million, like ten and a half million. So ten and a half million. Ten point seven five million, actually. So yeah, we'll say. Which that. you know, you know what? Before ten- you go, before you go there, because <laughs> I'm gonna argue. You no, know let's go there because that's part of my argument is the cap and all this kind of stuff. You know, with ten point seven five million in LTIR. The Hawks could really go after a player kind of like Jack Eichel. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's making only 10 million. And like just saying. Cool. cool. So yeah, it needs you have seven hundred thousand to sign. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's on LTIR. We still have this six million. Okay, so you still have six million and you gotta bring in Suter needs a contract. Uh, Hagel needs a contract. Camp needs a contract. Godet needs a contract. You don't need anybody if you have Eichel. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you don't need a single person. You're starting to tip your hand a little bit. You're you're like, I'm I so, love it. Really no, sorry. okay. So you sign Hagel for sure. Like, Hagel gets around two million. You have to send Suter. You have to send Suter. You don't. You really don't, actually. Like, if Taves comes back, I mean, um, if they move Doc, then that would suck. Then maybe sign yeah, Suter. Okay. We'll talk- I would I would look at a way to 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 move Strom, like maybe even toss Strom in a deal for Eichel just to get some of that cap o- or take his cap away too. And then it would clearly be like at that point, like Strom, Doc, and a first. Like, and if they take it, cool. But I don't know if I would want to do more than that. I don't uh, – I'm not so – like, I don't understand. Maybe I'm missing something. I just don't they understand. They can have Zadorov back, too. I don't understand, like, this whole Eichel appeal. I don't think he's as great as a defense uh, – not defense, but as great of a player as he – as people build him up to be. He's better than Austin Matthews. Okay, fair. I'll give you that just to see. <laughs> I was fucking kidding. I'm old with that. I'm, I'm quoting that. I'm not putting any video contents on that. I'm just doing both, 
that's oh. fine i don't care yeah. that's hilarious <laughs> watch watch if like if you had jack eichel and you had patrick kane on the same line they would shit on austin matthews and mitch marner guarantee it and you get to brink it out there with them that's just not even fair greatest american born line ever still i still don't greatest american born line ever how do you not want jack eichel i'm sure and like the asking price is probably not as high as you think because like he doesn't want to fucking be in buffalo so right now the 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 report it was like new york new york post i forgot what the author the the writer's name was um basically said that the blackouts have entered in it um kirby doc this year's 11th or the 11th overall pick plus more is what it's gonna was what they're gonna have to offer yes i just don't understand there's a couple things i don't understand why you would give up on doc that quick well here's the thing i want to point out right there it's like you can give up Doc for Eichel, but then you can also be like, well, <laughs> we have Kirby Doc. Like, I mean, he can even be Jack Eichel, but it's like, but you can already just get Eichel, you know? Like, it's the same, like, Simpsons thing. Like, oh, you can have this boat or you can have the mystery box, which is Doc. Or the mystery box could be anything. It could be even a boat. Like, or you could just get the guaranteed boat, which is Jack Eichel. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's all I'm saying. No, I, I get I get what we're saying with that, but at the same time, I think the way they are kind of building up Doc, what they invested into Doc, trying to build him up as like the this next piece of this new core coming in, like the future core and all that. And right there too, it's like I go back to the cap. It's like Doc's not gonna when Doc's contract comes up, he's still not gonna get a lot, you know, not gonna demand a lot. Not yeah. in you're still going to get that. So it's like, okay, well, you, so again, devil's advocate, the kind of thing. It's like, Hey, you can have Jack Eichel now, or you can have Jack Eichel and Kirby, what Kirby doc could be. It's like, cool. Then if Kirby doc turns into Jack Eichel, then you get Jack Eichel for less money than what you were paying actual Jack Eichel. Yeah. But you also have the chance of not getting that. That's what I'm saying. Like you can guarantee getting Jack Eichel by actually going and getting him rather than hopefully getting a player like him. No, I that's all I, I, I don't, I don't personally want to trade away Kirby doc, but if they do trade away Kirby doc and the return is Jack Eichel, I am fine with it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it's to the cap, man. It's, you don't, the reports caps not going to go up to the 24, 25 season. Right. Do you know who is the longest? You know, you know whose deal is the longest on the on the Hawks right now that like actually plays for them? Keith. No, like currently, like who has the most years left? Riley Stillman. His new yeah, his new three-year deal. He's the only one that is that has a contract three years from now on the Hawks. Well, for now. <laughs> right. But I'm saying is like cap trouble would be maybe this year, maybe next year. But then you have basically a clean slate unless you already make, I mean, besides like making deals for whatever these next two years, but at the current cap right now and our current team, you have Jack Eichel. The only two players you are kind of guaranteed if you don't make moves in three years to have are Jack Eichel and Riley Stillman. And <laughs> that's, 
I mean, that's not like a cap issue at this point. That's just, okay, I think. But cap issue now is a big thing too. And then it's going to come down to, do we want Jack Eichel? Do we want Seth Jones? And the team needs Seth Jones. Jack Eichel. The team doesn't need the team doesn't Jack need, Jack Eichel. They need Jack Eichel. the team doesn't need Jack Eichel. I'm telling you, we got to go full Toronto, just straight up three offensive players making over ten million dollars, just full on Toronto bitch. <laughs> like let's go. We start. We 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 don't even need rookies from Europe at this point. We sign veterans for fucking next to nothing that go. I've been waiting my whole career to play in Chicago. Here's a picture of me as a kid with Chicago bed sheets. And it's just. <laughs> well, that guy got 11 million. So. Yeah, I know. I know, but you still get like, a, you can get like a Jason Spezza type in, like, I don't know, Vinny Hennestros is not old enough, but he's, he can be, he can be our Chicago. You know, it's cool. You know, I, I always wanted to play in the playoffs, but I didn't want to go really that far into the summer. So the first round is just good enough. So yeah, I came to Chicago because, you know, yeah, Toronto and Chicago are going to be – Noli's going to have a goddamn heart attack if Chicago and Toronto just continue to make the playoffs and they lose in the first round, both of them. <laughs> How great would it be, though, if it was – we had Jack Eichel, we made it to the Stanley Cup Finals against Toronto, and it was Eichel versus Matthews. Ooh, that would be so sick. Because we know Buffalo's not going to make it no matter what they do with if they have Eichel for the rest of his contract. No, they're talking about blowing it up. They're Ristolainen yeah. talking about moving. Like, his price is a second and third, and I saw that. I was like, hmm. That's it? Well, that's why I'm surprised that, like, you don't see – well, because we Columbus is a part of the Jack Eichel, like, sweepstakes. And, Pretty much everybody in the top ten except for Seattle and, um, and Buffalo. Yeah. And I think what makes sense would be something like Columbus giving Line A and Seth Jones to Buffalo – for Eichel and Ristolainen. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't even know, like maybe Columbus has to sweeten the pot a little bit just because it's it's Eichel, but they're also taking on Ristolainen. Like Ristolainen is kind of like one that negatively impacts that deal. <laughs> like, yeah. Because Jack Eichel's trade value is like way up here and then you add Ristolainen and then it brings the trade value down. It doesn't add to it. Like, I just don't know if Buffalo would do that just because I think right. if, if they're moving all these guys, I think they're going full blow it up and start fresh. I don't think they're going to want to bring in guys unless they're going to try to Taylor Hall it and just flip them at the deadline or something. But if you bring them on and you're blowing your team up, you're just hurting their value, their trade value at the deadline. I mean, honestly, Buffalo really just needs to kind of just take on shitty contracts and get in as many um shitty players as they can just to get as many draft picks as possible because they're stuck they're stuck for the next six years with jeff skinner like (laughs) that's that's a huge contract that you have to deal with for six years that no one is going to take off your hands buffalo has 34 million dollars in cap space right now that's pretty crazy detroit has 48 new jersey's got 37 most cat space CL cracking with 81.5 million. How do they do it? Don't they have somebody signed? Yeah. Is he, is no. he not on the he's not on the <laughs> official roster? <laughs> he's in the minors. He's not rostered still. Yeah. That's but, hilarious. 
Can't even crack. Can't even crack the lineup when there's no lineup to crack. Yeah, you can't even just put him on there to make the kid feel good. Yeah, I'm waiting for the the videos of of him just playing soccer by himself or whatever pregame. Is there any concern though, too, with Jack Eichel with his whole injury, neck injury? Like, there's the whole like controversy with that too. Is that like he wants surgery? He the Buffalo training staff is saying that the best bet would be to do therapy and then kind of attack it that way. There are multiple like medical staffs that kind of like know what's going on with him that have said like, yeah, that surgery would probably be the, the mistake to go the wrong route to go. I mean, is there any concern about that? You know, bringing him on if he's, if his injury is like to a point where it's surgery or they need to do therapy to assess what he need really needs. I mean, is that any concern there about making a move for him? I don't know. <laughs> Can- <laughs> I'd say maybe do like some conditionals in in the in the trade at that point. Then like you have to play a certain amount of games like this season. Otherwise, like they don't get something else. I don't know it would have to be involved like picks next year, really. It's a lot. Or, or like or like we would get we would get like a first next year if he doesn't play over like fifty games this year or some shit. If they throw in, be, if they throw in Yoki Haru in the deal, I'd be okay. No, fuck that. <laughs> No, I don't want that. So give us the first overall. We'll get. We'll take Owen Power. We'll take Jack Eichel. Exactly. Uh, I mean, anyways, I just I'm curious to see what the if if it happens. Like, I hope it's not an overpayment because nobody should be overpaying Buffalo for anything. Nobody should be overpaying anything right now in general. Like, well, I'm saying in trade. Yeah. Like, no, give, I mean, him, give him uh, the 11th. Give him Doc and give him, like, Zadorov. Like, make that offer, and if they say no, just be like, okay, cool, then we're fine. Like, I'd rather just go after, like, a Seth Jones and fill a need rather than go after Eichel and be like, we have the sickest fucking line in the league. <laughs> I love that I pulled up Twitter to look for something for one of the next things we're going to talk about. And the first thing is the acquisition and annual cost of Jack Eichel should take the Hawks out of his sweepstakes. Okay. No. It's crazy. Like, it blows my mind that it's this much of a conversation. Like, and that's kind of insane. And it goes back to kind of, like, we kind of talked about this in our group chat. The whole last year Bowman was on this media tour about he's not going to jeopardize the future, you know, like he's yeah, has to build up these young guys and all that kind of stuff and build within and all that. And not even not even a full year yet. And he's ready to move, like, you know, the rumored ready to move on a, a first round pick, a high, I still think a very high end future talent. Like it's just it's hilarious. It's 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 for a, a franchise player, though, like those don't just go on the market like like once a year or anything like that. Like this is once every few years a franchise player is just like, fuck, get me out of here. And, and I mean, like there's I'm I'm glad that they're k- kicking the tires on it, you know, like seeing what the deal could be, because like what, what if it ends up being something super reasonable and they're like, yeah, we'll fucking pull that trade like right away. And Buffalo's like, haha, we got them. And we're like, what are they idiots? Like, sounds good. I uh, I still think Buffalo has to eat a little bit of that. They're not going to retain but I, salary for six I, years. I, don't, I just, I don't, like, ah, man. 
I'm not so I'm not sold like you are. Like the idea on paper of what Ico was supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's great. But I don't think he's that. I think he's overhyped. I think he What if we do a three-way trade with Buffalo and Toronto? And we get we get Jack Eichel to to Toronto and we get Austin Matthews to Chicago. <laughs> and then they Buffalo can still have <laughs> Kirby Doc in a first. And then we can still have the greatest American born line ever. <laughs> I take Matthews. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with that one. Totally. Well, the problem is that he doesn't show up in the playoffs and then you're just screwed. It's That's just, right. you don't even know if Eichel shows up at the playoffs or not. His team hasn't made it there yet. Invest- Watch him be like the greatest fucking playoff performer of all time. You invest your entire salary cap in the three players. Of course, you're not going to make the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter if he doesn't show up in the playoffs. I mean, we can, <laughs> we can, we can do it. We can full Toronto this. And I think, I think that's what we should do is full Toronto. All right. So I got a little trivia question for you that came from second city hockey. They tweeted this out. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it kind of goes about like no, it deleted Twitter. So I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So it like, it's basically kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, growing home, homegrown talent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Among D-men drafted by the Blackhawks since 2006, Adam Boquist has played the most regular season games at 76. Can you name the second one? Wait, what? The some defensemen? Yeah, defensemen that were drafted by the Hawks since 2006. Yeah. Boquist has played the most regular season games. The 76? The 76. Okay. Game number two. Dylan Olsen. No. Okay, that was close, though, I think. <laughs> I think that was close. Okay, so drafted defenseman that we had since 2006, who played the second most games. Are they on the team right now? I'm assuming not, right? Yes. They are? Yes. Oh. Um, well, I mean, they're in the system, at least. Like, Oh, they're in the system. Well, they play rock, either Rockford or the Hawks. Rockford or the Hawks. Like, what the fuck? Oh God! Can I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna look at the roster. What? What? Rockford and the Hawks. Are they? Oh, is it TJ? No, TJ Brennan wasn't drafted by us. Um, I don't Wilson know. was not as close as you think. Second most gate. Who is it? You give up? I don't want to, but I don't know who it would be because are they are they in Rockford? Um, let me look at Rockford's. Because I'm looking at cap friendly and like all of our defensemen in Rockford are like less than 23 years old besides Anton Lindholm, who hasn't made it to the show yet. And you're, they're on, they're on the Hawks though. No, he might not be on the Hawks anymore. Oh, you, yeah. See? Okay. Damn. All right. I don't know. Well, now I got to find out. You know what team, you know what team he's on? Cause I could probably guess that right now. It's not Dylan Olsen. Oh man. Dylan Olsen only played 29 games. 
Gustav Forsling wasn't on wasn't our draft pick either. Um who else was young that we just kind of gave and up all on? this all this whole segment right here is really based on that second city hockey did their research and verify that this because I'm just going based off of their their account. Oh, like if it's wrong, it's their fault. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you know what team they're on? I'm looking up right now. Fine, I'll just look up trade history of the Blackhawks. <laughs> All right, let's see. I don't see anyone for Vegas right now. Playing for Vegas. Ooh, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who is it? Carl Dahlstrom. Oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. You want to get yep. games? He played with the Hawks. Yeah. 46. 49. That was close. So since 2006. Yeah. This is the most of 76. Yeah. And Dahlstrom is second with 49. Right. And how many first round picks do we have on our team since 2008? Two, three, and it's Boakvist, Doc, and Bowden. Since 2008? Yeah. Kane? Well, I meant like since Kane. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, Kane was 2007. Okay, fair. Kyle Beach was 2008. Don't say that name. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, we have no, none of our first rounders, and like, I don't know, it's hilarious. It's we don't, just, just we that, draft them and get rid of them. That's a problem. That's kind of like a problem. And it's like, look at that. And it's like, we, we draft them, we get rid of them. And well, we, we didn't even get rid of Carl Dahlstrom, actually. He just went through waivers and Winnipeg fucking stole him. Yeah. But like, we, we, we lose these guys and we don't, you know, get, either get anything worth it back for them or they just, like, I don't know. It's just, we, our defense is, and our defense is so bad. Not yeah. so bad, but it's just it's like it's such a major issue, and it's kind of insane. yeah, like they're not growing defensemen. Yeah, which is why if they're if they can't if they don't land Eichel or Jones, right? Do those trades happen? I think they hold it and they they grab a defenseman that they can. Grow. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's what we've been drafting recently is just defense. Yeah. Like, I mean, just like besides Lucas Reichel, who we'll see coming up this year possibly. But that's what they should be doing. I mean, put all your chips into defense because, like, we have a lot of really good, like, offensive prospects. I mean, if we, like you said, like, if we don't get one of those guys, like, we are keeping Kirby Doc, we're keeping, like, Debrinket, we're going to be building with Kubalik, we're going to be, like, working with Suter still, and we got Hagel, and it's just, like, these guys are all really young forwards. You can fill in a bottom six pretty easily with like veteran guys and guys that are like looking to like prove themselves. Like that's fine. But what you need is to build up defensemen from within your system. Otherwise, you're gonna always overpay for defensemen. Yeah. And what do we do? We overpaid, I think, for Zadorov. We paid up like we gave him sod. Like we just give up sod for fucking peanuts all the time. It's just I don't know. Like, and then or you don't have to overpay for Seth Jones, or you're going to have to overpay for Dougie Hamilton. It's like, it's going to come at the cost of either assets or cap space. And if you work defensemen up from within, you're able to determine all of your cap space and keep your assets. And it's great. And that's not how it works. 
And that's not how the Hawks have been working since 2010 because they've been getting rid of all of their defensive prospects for, at every trade deadline. For win now mode. I yeah. mean, three cups, and you can't you can't argue that and all that. I wish they were in more win now mode, though. You know, like how Pittsburgh kept their cup window open for even longer than the Hawks did because they just kept getting rid of every prospect that they fucking had because they were getting rid of first prospects. Does not matter. Crosby and Malkin are still on the team. We don't give a shit about the future right now. Like everything can happen at this moment, and they had teams just keep fucking salary cap from all these guys and they got so much help like it's, getting phil kessel for for like like six million or whatever like less money like it was just i wish we would have gone that route Pittsburgh is still competitive like yeah they, i mean they don't they don't do, haven't done a lot in the playoffs the last couple of years but they fucking won their division this year right like <laughs> it's been consistent since like 2007 they've always made like been in the playoffs and they're always dangerous and I'm all for going all in and trying to win because you don't want to waste. I, I hate the fact that they're wasting so many good years of Kane and yeah. would have been another, I mean, Taves too. I mean, yeah, he didn't play this year, but when he got, when he comes back, he's still going to be, I mean, it might be a little bit for him to get going again, but he's still a, a franchise, our franchise center. He's still our guy and mm-hmm. we're wasting these guys final years of their contract with us and it's like okay if we keep going this route or we're not winning we're not competitive and all that kind of stuff we're gonna lose we're gonna lose them yeah kane i I don't think if anybody is gonna jump i think kane is gonna the competitive nature of kane is that if if the hearts are not in a winning situation by the time his contract ends in two three years two years two years he is he's gone and i'm not and we're going to, so we're going to lose one of like arguably the greatest right now, the number two, but arguably what will be the greatest player in this franchise history. Yeah. And I mean, I was going to say this before when we were talking about the salaries of players, like three years from now, like there's nobody, but like, I mean, technically Kaner can make more money on his next contract because he's that fucking good. The way he's going, like we, we talked about his numbers at this point, you're, you start seeing a dip. He's going up. He's still yeah. Not, still heading on up. He still hasn't hit that peak. That, I mean, that's that's literally been the most most value out of like any contract that would seem like an overpay because he only got better as the contract grew older, and it's crazy. That's it's, what you see with like twenty two year olds, not fucking a twenty six, twenty seven year old. That the contract that he, him, and Tave signed is seen as an overpay then, and for Kane now, it is so under. It yeah. is such a cheap deal for us. Like, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> Big so, brain moves. So I guess all that wrap that's all up with that is if they can find a way to bring in an Eichel where yeah. it's not going to fuck this team's future. Toronto. It's going to be awesome in three for the next year or two, you know, three years. But if it's going to end up costing this team in the long run, I mean, they, they start, say it most. I forgot what who I was talking to or whatever, where I was listening to this. These guys are only on this team until the contract's up. Right. We're the ones that live with this team no matter what. We're the most consistent. The fans are the most consistent here. Not everybody, but. We're here for, from three years from now. We're, on, we're under contract. <laughs> yeah, we are like, a, we are invested so much in this. and It's us and Stillman. Yeah, so it's they need to like I think you really need to 
pay attention to the future. And Omen, what he said last year at his press junket about talking about taking this team in the future, how the direction is going to go. If it, it was a great plan, it was a great strategy. And I, I knew that if they showed any sort of success this year, that was all going out the window. I knew it. And here we are not, it's not even a full year since Bowman went on his media tour with that. And it's already like, okay, let's trade a first round pick. Let's trade a, a top three player that we drafted. Let's do this, this, and this. It's just, it's like, yes. the, was it said in the group yes. chat? Billy was like, wait, Bowman lied about something that he was going to do. Oh, it was because I, I sent an old video that I found on my computer of like, I forgot if it was like the quest for the cup or something like that, but it was, it was one of those like HBO things and it showed Panera and it was just like when he first was on the Hawks and Spoman's like, yeah, we, we really love Panera and we're, we're going to do everything we can to ensure that he's a longtime Blackhawk. And I was like, yes, damn, good call. Let's go, baby. And then it's like, motherfucker lied to everybody. <laughs> Stupid idiot. Yeah. It's like, oh, he only signed a two-year deal. I was saying that in the, in the clip, I was like, yeah, I hope he stays longer than that two-year deal that he signed. <laughs> Fucking... Nope. <laughs> See ya. See you later. Red man. All right. So we're going to move on to the next thing. I think that's it for Hawks talk. Yeah. That's all we got. I'm sure there'll be more coming out in the next week. I mean, we're getting close to the season, end of the season, the playoffs are ending. It's going to be like tw- within 24 hours, you're going to announce, we'll announce the trade. It's going to be 24 hour watch of like off season things. It's going to be, yeah. And hearing, hearing talks about Eichel heating up, we should know more within 24 hours. And it's like, okay, we'll keep, we'll keep waiting. By the time we trade or we record that, Eichel could be traded because they were saying it's not a week's thing, it's a potentially a day's thing. So 24 hours. And when you hear that, that's when you know. Yeah. So, all right. So we are going to transition to something a little bit new. Um, we're going to start doing. Top fives, a little top five draft. Do we want to do top five or we want to do top three? What do you want to do? Top three. Top threes. All right, top threes. Um, so, yeah, basically everything we're going to do, uh, pick different topics. We're each going to draft our top threes. Well, you want to snake draft it or just straight up draft? Snake draft it. Snake draft. All right. I don't even know what we're doing. So, <laughs> so the first topic was presented to us by our boss, of the hockey podcast network, Dylan, who is also a part of the stick hungry podcast that cover the Chicago or the Chicago Blackhawks. No, they cover the San Jose sharks. Um, he suggested the first topic we do is top flows. Oh, okay. So that's right. We did, we did mention this slightly. So uh-huh. now I gotta, I gotta like look stuff up. So do you want to go? Yeah. First? Yeah. I'll go first to make it easy. All right. Who are you taking? Well, Yager. Yager. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, now I, I got to write it down just in case. I don't know why I wouldn't be able to remember anything, but it's okay. We'll I mean, figure it out. absolute icon and everything that he does, and the mullet is just legendary. Yeah, now I got to – oh, man. Okay, yeah, your turn. Go for it. All right, I am going Tony Monte with the frosted tips. Mm. With the in, – in parentheses, with the frosted tips. <laughs> Yeah, if we did top five, man, I'd it'd be I don't know. It would it would be it'd be coming like like Phil Kessel. <laughs> Mark Stone. Oh yeah, Mark Stone. That's a good one too. Um all right. 
Uh, yeah, I got to go with uh, the EK65. EK65? Yeah, baby. That's sexy Swedish motherfucker. Actually, you know what? Fuck Eichel. Fucking Dougie Hamilton. Fuck that Seth Jones. Give me fucking Eric Carlson. It's going to be the best. See, like, you say shit like that, and I just don't... <laughs> Like if you're serious, give me give me Eric Carlson. All right, it would be amazing. Him and Boquist together. All right, I'm going Jack O'Callaghan, the actor from the actor from Mirror. OC. OC. Okay. Okay. Um. Fuck, man. I don't know. Every kid in the Minnesota State High School tournament. <laughs> like that's always a thing. Jeez, I'm trying. I'm just like looking through, like Barry Melrose is a good one. I also kind of want to just choose some goofy ass. I don't know. Oh, I got a goofy ass one. I think I'm gonna go for number three. I was gonna say it was, if we did five, this is my fifth pick because I knew I was gonna be struggling for one. But I think I have to do it just to do it. I oh, I just go with a uh, Caner's playoff mullet. Your playoff mullet. Caner playoff mullet. It's the, just a, a super homer pick for for number three. All right. I am going our good buddy, Andrew Petzinger, with his little afro that he had when he was growing up playing hockey. Oh, God. Okay. So. Great. You're going to love that one. So, yeah. Way to go. We're going to start doing those. Maybe when there's less stuff to talk about, we'll do top fives. But, yeah, if you got any suggestions for topics, send them in um dm us you know message us whatever doesn't have to be hockey related too it could be anything i think non top three hockey players you think you could take in a fight <laughs> oh god did you see the matthew barnaby and sean avery thing oh no sean matthew barnaby was saying that he wants sean avery at barstool's rough and rowdy oh my god that's hilarious that's hilarious that would be a good one. Oh, because, you know, boxing is so, like, that whole boxing phase right now is, like, it's getting already getting old. But It's fucking lame. <laughs> it's I don't know how to understand how it, like, it. it's always on pay-per-view. It draws a lot of money for the boxers, and it's terrible. It's awful. Like, it's never, like, exciting. It's always just to, like, make money for the fighters, and they know it. Like, it's two people that people want to see fight that a lot of people don't fucking like. Yeah, and then it's, like, just a hug fest. Like that's yeah, like, they want to see they want to see the other person get their ass kicked, and then nobody fucking does anything. Yeah, so. All right, moving on. Um, We're going a little bit long, but we'll, we got to touch on this because this is, like, Tanner's all-time favorite thing. And yeah, dude. Every, ever. It is today marks the 18th anniversary of the 2003 draft class. And Tanner has the biggest boner for this draft. You want to you want to know how many players have played over a thousand games in this draft? I knew you were gonna have some sort of stats like ready for this. Like <laughs> fifteen guys. I think I counted that right. Let's see: two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, fifteen guys. You know who has the most games played in this draft class? Who? Eric Stahl. You want to take a wild guess at who is the second most games played? Shea Weber. No, take another one. It's really funny. Am I not going to get it? I don't. I don't think so. Okay, who is it? 
Dustin Brown. The potato himself. <laughs> Fucking Dustin Brown. What is happening? I'm trying to sort by games played. There we go. Okay. Um, let's see what other cool things. The let's see, out of those 15 players that have played over a thousand games. Oh no. Oh, okay. That wasn't <laughs> I thought I lost my connection to you because something else popped up, but it was just it was just like you lost your connection. I was like, oh, oh shit, sorry. Um, but out of those players that have played a thousand games. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven of them are still in the league. Isn't that fucking crazy? Same. It so is only, only four, only four haven't played, and one is Seabrook, who was done last year. Another was Dion Phaneuf, uh, Thomas Vanek, and Ryan Kessler. It's insane to you to know that, like, these are names we're going to start hearing retire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so fucking old that like these guys like growing up, like looking up to towards like like oh man. And now they're gonna be done. You have you heard the Ovechkin story from this draft? Oh yeah, it's Florida. Tried to so here tried to draft. Yeah, do you want to tell it or do you want me to just I go got, off of memory? Got it. Um so during the 03 draft, Florida Panthers GM Rick Dudley attempted to draft Ovechkin despite him being past the cutoff date. He argued that if leap years were taken into account, he would have turned four, uh, 18 four days before his actual birthday. This was rejected by the NHL four times. They petitioned this four times. <laughs> That's amazing. You really got to give it to him at that point. Like, you know what? Yeah, right. Ovechkin's got to go sign in Florida now. Like, this draft is so stacked. Let's see. Many guys in the later rounds ended up playing. Like in the in the sixth round, you have Nate Thompson from Boston playing 811 games, and then also Drew Miller getting drafted in Anaheim playing 571. <laughs> Joe Pavelski seventh round, 1,086 games. And now we lost you. It's like my computer is just like you've been doing this for too long. <laughs> I don't even know the last thing you heard. But I was going into the later rounds to tell you, like, how many players played a lot of games. And it was, like, Joe Pavelski in the seventh round played 1,086. Kyle Brodziak in the seventh round played 917. In the eighth round, where they still had eight rounds, uh, Tobias Enstrom played 719. Buffalo played 869. Fuck, even the ninth round, Matt Molson, 650. Tanner Glass, 527. Yaroslav Halak. 539. And then there's still like four or five other guys that have played over 100 games. Troy Bodie, 159. Chris Porter, 234. Uh, Nick Tarnaski, 245. David Jones, 462. And then the second to last pick of that draft, Ryan Elliott, 502 games. Num- pick number 291. That's insane. Wasn't Beeson that drafting this year, too? Like, Who? Uh, Paul Bizonet. Oh, he might have been. I forgot. He was like a second or third rounder, I think. That's um, or, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> no idea. All... Can do a little control find action here. Yeah, fourth round, 121, 202 oh, oh, games. 
yeah so anniversary i'm sure we always we always say we're gonna get like an episode just to talk about this so we'll we'll tease it again one of these days we'll convince Nolan to come on so you two can just go all out and god imagine being the new york rangers drafting 12th overall and picking hugh jessamine who played two fucking games in the nhl and everybody else is making their way to the hall of fame dustin brown's behind him brent seabrook's behind him yep Reese gets left brett burns Kessler. oh my god <laughs> All right, let's move on to the love it really quick. Love to see it. So the story of the playoffs right now, the refs. Yeah, what's the deal here? I honestly haven't been able to watch the games because I've been busy with work and all, all sorts of other things. And then I just see yeah. like, I mean, I I see edits of the refs wearing gold helmets and gold jerseys. And... If it's really like, I know it's not the case, but it really feels like they're trying to force a. Vegas Tampa final. It's a they want the the two best teams on paper to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. Wow. Fact so so hard to believe. And the fact that Montreal, like there's just little misplays here and there. Like um you saw Perry get the stick high stick. Mm-hmm. Stitches like his entire like nose, like left side of his face and his entire nose is all stitched up. No call on that. Um and he had like a player on, I forgot who it was, but in the Vegas, or not Vegas, yeah, Vegas, Montreal, the last game they played, the player in Vegas straight up just punches a guy in Montreal right in the face, and the ref's looking at him. He's, he's five feet away from him. Yeah, like right. staring at him and nothing. It's just. Turns his head. I understand like the rule book, it's shortened, and they can only let the boys play in playoffs, but it's like, oh, my God. And then uh, Barzell got five five minutes and injected yesterday for a cross check that looked just like, you know, like after hands up, it was just like hands up, you know, it's, I just, I don't understand. Like also, I mean, Islanders didn't do themselves any favors. They got their ass beat. Eight nothing. They lost. I was, I was at the Cubs game and I kept checking the score and I was like, is this thing fucking broken? Like (laughs) it was just one to nothing. Now it's four to nothing. Oh, it's seven, nothing. Okay. Now it's eight, nothing. What the fuck is going on? Is this playoff hockey? It's just it's just kind of embarrassment for the league a little bit that it's like the official like your officials, the guys that are supposed to, you know, keep the game under control and manage all that are fucking up so much. And yeah, it's rough. Just, it's the, the officiating and what the fuck's goaltender interference. Like those are the two major issues with hockey. Just let me call goaltender interference. Like I'll I can figure it out very easily. Like I'll I'll just be the one. It'll be okay. They looked at the goalie weird goaltender interference because goalie I mean, relevant. the Hawks will never have a goal scored against them the entire season. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's just like, oh, we got a call from uh, Chicago. <laughs> Taylor, the official goaltender interference judge. Um, he stated that the open shot from the blue line was uh, offside. <laughs> exactly. He's calling offsides now. He's not even calling goaltender interference on this one. Well, then, goal, talking about goalies, yeah, a little goalie controversy going on in Vegas. Um, Mark Andre fucked up a little, you know, dumping, you know, trying to control the puck. Screwed, got playoff nerves. Yeah, screws up right in front of the net. And Josh Anderson didn't Josh Anderson score that too, right? He put that away. I think he did. I think he tied it and then he won it. They ended yeah. up winning in overtime with a, the overtime goal. Fucking yeah, knocking the puck out of the air right there and then just kind of skating away, just being like, all right, you take it. And then it's just a perfect dish on a two on O in playoff, like overtime. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so then after that, after that game, they played uh, Laner, who 
said that he showed up to the ring four hours early so he can read all the tweets of people talking shit about him and how he shouldn't be starting that game. And where is where is Marc Andre Fleury's agent with the fucking drawing of the sword through the back? I want it. <laughs> so they started him. They end up winning that game in overtime, two to one. Um, and then as far as I know, as of this recording, uh, Fleury's back in that tonight. Oh yeah. So I just there's a there was a uh, clip that was online of Fleury in practice and he had played the puck behind the net, got the pass off, and then he raised his arms. Was like, I can do it. <laughs> I think that you see the edit photos like, oh, so nice of Andre uh, Mark Andre to celebrate his uh, his assist, uh, game time assist, because it was like the way they cut it, it was like all the Montreal guys hands up, and it was like when he was about to like slam his hands down after. Oh, that's... it was caught right as his hands were up in the air. We did it, boys. Yeah. So that series is tied 2-2. Um, two more wins for Montreal than I thought. I thought this series was going to be done. Um, good good on them. We'll see. Hopefully they can take the lead today, so at least we'll get game seven, because I think if uh, Montreal wins today, Vegas is coming back game six, winning that one. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to be like a basically a, a Tampa game that they just had. Like Vegas will come out and score like fucking 12 for some reason. If Tampa, uh, not Tampa, if Vegas wins tonight, this series is over. I don't know. They're going to be back in Montreal for game six. Yeah. That's I, the thing. Uh, but I do think that Montreal wins this game tonight. I hope so. I really do. Uh, I mean, Kerry Price is just unbelievable. He's playing out of his mind. <laughs> He's, his save percentage is above 930. <laughs> and, and that's just, that's Dominic Hoshik level shit, man. Like, Apparently. I say great, like Dominic Hodgson's greatest goalie of all time, and that's fucking up there. Like that's good shit. The big question was: Can Carey Price steal another playoff series? And he he's he's working he's on got it. His, he's got his little black face mask on. He's got his black and white striped shirt and his pants. He's got his like thieving gloves. He's stealing like everything. <laughs> he's got the Pink Panther tune playing in the background of his head the whole time. <laughs> fucking good oh man and then so yeah we talked about tampa they're up three two after just shit kicking the islanders um <laughs> islanders didn't know they had a game that day <laughs> there's a video of a fan islanders fan like it's up in the corner and you just see him like take off his jersey throw it down on the ground and just stomp up the up the stands to go back like to the, the concourse it was so funny i feel like that's such a fucking islanders thing to do yeah like an islanders fan thing to do so game six is like actually the last game at the Coliseum for them too. I mean, unless they make it to the fucking finals, can you imagine if they won the Stanley Cup in the Coliseum and then it collapsed because of the noise that was going on? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Just like oh my god, a storybook ending. Not like a good storybook ending, but like that's what it would. That's what it would be. All right, so yeah, I think about does it. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about uh, Carl Nassib? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Carl Nat Nasman. Nassib. Nassib. Yeah, N A N A S S I B. He plays, I think, defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders. And yesterday he came out as gay, so he is the first active NFL player to come out. Um, we'll, just, we just like, we'll just like professional, right? I don't know if there's any other. In the major four, at least. Yeah. 
I don't know if there's like a soccer or something like that, but yeah. in the major four, he's like the first one. And yeah, I think, it, I mean, it's, it's really cool. Like it's to the point, like I know he even said in his like little video, I watched that and he's saying, he's like, hopefully we'll get like, if we get to a point where this isn't even newsworthy. Yeah. Newsworthy or worth a post and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, you know, you finally see like a major four sport athlete come out and, you know, maybe it starts giving the confidence for whoever, because I mean, you yeah. know, you know, you know, there's players in all leagues that are just, they're afraid to do it and be themselves because of, right. of everything. And do you imagine like the shit talk that some players are going to try and throw at him too? Like just, I'm, I'm sure he's already probably imagined, like imagined it all. And he's going to probably just watch him have an unreal fucking season because he's of all the shit talk that's gonna be thrown at him. Like he's going to just do, he's going to murder people or some shit like that. Like it'd be crazy. I don't follow football as much. I don't, right. I don't know what kind of, if he, if he is a good player or like what, if he's like, you know, but he's talking about how his team is known and his team's been supportive and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's good. I mean, and he, said he wasn't doing for attention he doesn't need the attention all that kind of stuff but he does realize that this kind of stuff needs to be normalized and all that kind of stuff and it wasn't doing good by him staying quiet and all that so i mean good for him glad he and he's donating a hundred thousand dollars to i forgot trevor project trevor project which helps with suicide prevention for the lgbtq youth plus youth yeah yeah i mean that's that's amazing. I think that's fantastic. That's what people like. That's what athletes should be doing is like supporting those kinds of things. Because I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of kids out there that want to play sports that are like LGBTQ plus and like afraid to go do it because they don't want to get harassed by like the classic jock fucking like mentality people. And it's just, I don't know. Like, it was great. Come on. It was great too. reading the comments and stuff on it. Like, Anytime somebody were to like come out like, oh, the locker room's gonna be awkward now, and like stupid shit like that, the amount of people that would come out and just be like, dude, you need to grow up, kind of thing. It's like it's really cool to see that. I think as a society, we are growing up and realizing, you know, dude, just let people be who they want to be. Who yeah. gives a shit? Like it doesn't. He's got probably he's got probably better dick jokes than anybody. Like, <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> So, yeah good, good on you carl and uh yeah we'll see we'll see what what the domino effect of that is if, it, if we're gonna start hearing more of that soon but yeah that was episode 141 uh what do you want to call it going full toronto <laughs> all caps fucking going full toronto all right uh so yeah so make sure to check us out on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube uh, anywhere you follow, you listen to your podcast, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCBP, WCBP podcast, uh, follow our network, the hockey podcast network, uh, use DraftKings promo code THPN, five-star reviews. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, but make sure it's a five-star. We're back to number two in Vietnam, up to, oh, one, boy. Up to 108 in Finland. So let's go start. Hey, yeah, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's get the numbers <laughs> up. And uh, yeah, we will. We'll see you on the next one, probably for Jack Eichel watch. So let's go. Twenty-four hours. Put it on your calendar right now. <laughs> All right, love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. 
And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast.